0: Part Eleven, Master Johannes Wacht, Section Three, from Weird Tales by E.T.A. Hoffman translated by J.T. Bealby. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part Eleven, Master Johannes Vach Section Three. I must inform the reader who does not know the secret of eating Bavarian puffy noodles that when eaten they must be cleverly pulled to pieces since when cut they lose all taste and bring disgrace upon the professional pride of the cook who made them from that moment rettel looked upon the frugal hair administrator as the most abominable man under the face of the sun master wacht did not contradict her in any way and so the reckless iconoclast in the province of cookery lost his bride for ever though the chequered figure of little rettel has cost almost too many words yet a very few strokes will suffice to put clearly before my readers eyes the face figure and character of pretty graceful nanni. it is only in south germany particularly in franconia and almost exclusively in the burgher classes that you can meet with such elegant and delicate figures such good and pleasing angelic little faces where there is a sweet heavenly yearning in the blue eyes and a divine smile upon the rosy lips as nanni's from them we at once see that the old painters had not far to seek the originals of their madonnas of exactly the same type in figure face and character was the erlangen maiden whom master wacht had married and nanni was a most faithful copy of her mother with respect to her genuine tender womanliness and with respect to all that beneficial culture which is nothing but true tact under all conditions of life her mother was the exact counterpart of what master wacht was with respect to his distinguishing qualities as man perhaps the daughter was less serious and firm than her mother but on the other hand she was the perfection of maidenly sweetness and the only fault that could be found with her was that her womanly tenderness of feeling and a sensitiveness which as a consequence of her weakened organization was easily provoked to a tearful and unhealthy degree made her too delicate and fragile for the realities of life master Wach could not look at the dear child without emotion and he loved her in a way that is seldom found in the case of strong characters like his It is possible that he may have always spoiled her a little, and it will soon be shown in what way her tenderness so often received that special material and encouragement which made it often degenerate into sickly sentimentality. Nani loved to dress with extreme simplicity, but in the finest stuffs and according to cuts which rose above the limits of her station in life. Wacht, however, let her do as she liked since when dressed according to her own taste the dear child looked so very pretty and engaging i must now hasten to destroy an idea which perhaps might arise in the mind of any reader who should happen to have been in bamberg several years ago and so would call to mind the hideous and tasteless head-dress with which at that time even the prettiest maidens were wont to disfigure their faces the flat hood fitting close to the head and not allowing the smallest little lock of hair to be seen a black and not over-broad ribbon crossing close over the forehead and meeting behind low down on the neck in an outrageously ugly bow this ribbon afterwards continued to increase in width until it reached the preposterous breadth of nearly half an ell hence it had to be especially ordered in the manufactory and strengthened inside with stiff cardboard so that it projected above the head like a steeple hat just above the hollow of the neck they wore a bow which owing to its breadth, stuck out far beyond the shoulders and resembled the outspread wings of an eagle and along the temples and above the ears tiny curls crept out from beneath the hood and strange to say many a fine bamberg beauty looked quite charming in this head covering it formed a very picturesque sight to stand behind a funeral procession and watch it set itself in motion it is the custom in bamberg for the burghers to be invited to attend the funeral procession of a deceased person by the so-called death-woman who in a croaking voice and in the name of the deceased screams out her invitation in the street in front of the house of the persons she is inviting as for instance herr so-and-so or frau so-and-so beg ye to pay them the last honours the good gossips and the young maidens who in general seldom get out into the open air fail not to put in an appearance in great numbers and when the troop of women sets itself in motion and the wind catches the immense ends of the bows it can be likened to nothing else but a huge flock of black ravens or eagles suddenly startled and just beginning their rustling flight the indulgent reader is therefore requested not to picture pretty Nanny in any other head-dress except a neat little erlangen hood. however objectionable it was to master wacht that jonathan was to belong to a class which he hated he did not by any means make the boy or later the youth feel the consequences of his displeasure rather he was always very pleased to see the good quiet jonathan look in after his day's work was done to spend the evening with his daughters and old barbara but then jonathan also wrote the finest hand that could be seen anywhere and it afforded master vach no little joy for he was uncommonly fond of good handwriting when his nanny, whose writing-master Jonathan had installed himself to be, began gradually, after a time, to write the same elegant hand as her master. In the evening, Master Wacht himself was either busy in his own workroom, or, as was often the case, he visited a beer-house, where he met with his fellow craftsmen and the gentlemen of the council, and in his way enlivened the company with his own rare wit meanwhile in the house at home barbara busily kept her distaff on the whirl and whiz, whilst rettel balanced the housekeeping accounts or thought out the preparation of new and hitherto unheard-of dishes or related again to the old woman mingled with a good deal of loud laughter what she had learned in confidence from her various gossips in the town and the youth jonathan he sat at the table with nanny and she also wrote and drew of course under his guidance and yet to sit writing and drawing the whole evening through is a downright tiring piece of business hence it was no unfrequent occurrence for jonathan to draw some neatly bound book out of his pocket and read it to pretty sensitive Nanny in a low softly whispering tone through old eichheimer's influence jonathan had won the patronage of the minor canon who designated master wacht a real verina the canon count von kussel a man of genius lived and revelled in goethe's and schiller's works which were just at that time beginning to rise like bright streaming meteors overtopping all others above the horizon of the literary sky he thought and rightly that he discerned a similar tendency in his attorney's young clerk and took a special delight not only in lending him the works in question but in reading them in common with him and so helping him thoroughly to digest them but jonathan won his way to the count's heart and in an especial way because he expressed a very favourable opinion of the verses which the count patched together out of high-sounding phrases in the sweat of his own brow and because he was to the count's unspeakable satisfaction edified and touched by them to the proper pitch nevertheless it is a fact that jonathan's taste in aesthetic matters was really greatly improved by his intercourse with the intellectual though somewhat euphuistic count my kind reader now knows what class of books jonathan used to take out of his pocket and read to pretty nanny and can form a just conception of the way in which this kind of writings would inevitably excite a girl mentally organized as nanny was o oh, star of the gloaming eve would not Nanny's tears flow when her attractive writing-master began in this low and solemn fashion it is a fact of common experience that young people who are in the habit of singing tender love duets together very easily put themselves in the places of the fictitious characters of the song and come to look upon the duets in question as giving both the melody and the text for the whole of life so also the youth who reads a love romance to a maiden very readily becomes the hero of the story whilst the girl dreams herself into the role of the heroine in the case of such fitly adapted spirits as jonathan and Nanny, such incitement as this even was not required to provoke them to love each other they were one heart and one soul the maiden and the youth were so to speak but one brightly burning flame of love pure and inextinguishable of his daughter's tender passion father wacht had not the slightest inkling but he was soon to learn all through unwearied industry and genuine talent jonathan succeeded in a brief space of time in completing his legal studies and qualifying for admission to the grade of advocate and as a matter of fact his admission soon followed he intended one sunday to surprise master wacht with this glad news which established him upon a secure footing for life but imagine how he trembled with dismay when wacht bent his eyes upon him blazing with anger he had never seen him look so passionately wrathful what cried wacht in a tone that made the walls ring again what you miserable good-for-nothing fellow nature has neglected your body but richly endowed you with splendid intellectual gifts and these you are intending to abuse in a shameless way like a bad crafty knave and so putting your knife at your own mother's throat you mean to say you are going to traffic injustice as in some cheap paltry ware in the public market and weigh it out with false scales to the poor peasants and the oppressed burgher who in vain utter their plaintive cries before the soft-cushioned seat of the inexorable judge and going to get yourself paid with blood-stained pence which the poor man hands to you whilst bathed in tears will you fill your brains with lying laws of man's contriving and practise knavish tricks and schemes and make a lucrative business of it to fatten yourself upon is all your father's virtue tell me vanish from your heart your father your name is engelbrecht no when i hear you called so i will not believe that it is the name of my comrade who was a pattern of virtue and honesty but i must believe that it is satan who in the apish mockery of hell is shouting the name across his grave and so beguiling men to take the young lying lawyer's cub for the real son of that excellent carpenter gottfried begone you are no longer my foster-son you are a serpent whom i will pluck from my bosom whom i will disown at this point nanni rushed in and threw herself at master wach's feet with a piercing heart-rending cry of distress father she cried completely overcome by her uncontrollable anguish and unbridled despair father if you disown him you will disown me also me your own favourite daughter he is mine my jonathan i can never never part with him in this world the poor child fell down in a swoon and struck her head against the closet door so that the drops of blood trickled down her delicate white forehead. Barbara and Rettel ran in and carried the insensible girl to the sofa. Jonathan stood like a statue as if thunderstruck, incapable of the slightest movement. It would be difficult to describe the inner emotions which revealed themselves on Vach's countenance. His face, instead of being flushed with the redness of anger, was now pale as a corpse's there only remained a dark fire gleaming in his fixed set eyes the cold perspiration of death appeared to be standing on his forehead after gazing unchangeably before him for some minutes without speaking he relieved his laboring breast by saying in a significant tone so that was it then he strode slowly towards the door where he again stood still and turning half round towards the women cried don't spare eau de cologne and this foolery will soon be over shortly afterwards the master was seen to leave the house at a quick pace and bend his steps towards the hills it may be conceived in what great trouble and distress the family was plunged rettel and barbara could not for the life of them imagine what terrible thing had happened but when the master did not return to dinner but stayed out till late at night a thing he had never done before they were greatly agitated with anxiety and fear at length they heard him coming heard him open the street door bang it violently too, ascend the stairs with strong firm footsteps and lock himself in his own chamber poor nani soon recovered herself again and wept quietly to herself but jonathan did not stop short of wild outbreaks of inconsolable despair and several times spoke of shooting himself it is a fortunate thing that pistols are articles which do not necessarily belong to the furniture of sentimental young lawyers or at least if they are to be found amongst their effects they generally have no lock or else won't go off after he had run through certain streets like a madman jonathan's course led him instinctively to his noble patron to whom he lamented all his unheard-of misery in outbreaks of the most violent passion it need hardly be added it is so self-evident a thing that the young love-smitten advocate was according to his own desperate assertions the first and only individual in all the wide world whom such a terrible fate had befallen. Wherefore he reproached destiny and all the powers of enmity as having conspired together against him. The canon listened to him calmly and with a certain share of interest, but nevertheless he did not appear to appreciate the full extent of the trouble which the young lawyer imagined he felt. My dear young friend, said the canon, taking the advocate by the hand in a friendly way and leading him to a seat my dear young friend hitherto i have looked upon our carpenter herr johannes wacht as a great man in his way but i now perceive that he is also a very great fool great fools are like jibbing horses it's hard to make them move but once they have been got to move they trot merrily along the way they are wanted to go in spite of the old man's senseless anger you ought not by any means to give up your beautiful nanny in consequence of the unpleasant scene of to-day but before proceeding to talk further about your love affair which is indeed very charming and romantic let us turn to and discuss a little breakfast it was noon when you went to old wacht and i don't dine until four o'clock in Zehof. a very appetizing breakfast indeed was served up on the little table at which they both sat the canon and the advocate bayonne hams garnished round about with slices of portuguese onions a cold larded partridge of the red kind and a foreigner to boot truffles cooked in red wine a dish of strasbourg pate de foie gras finally a plate of genuine stracchino and another with butter as yellow and shining as lilies of the valley the indulgent reader who loves such dainty butter and ever goes to Will be pleased at getting there the finest and best, but will also at the same time be annoyed when he learns that the inhabitants, from mistaken notions of housekeeping, melt it down to a grease which generally tastes rancid and spoils all the food. End of part eleven, section three, recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.